What's up everyone? This is Mayowa, your host, and you are listening to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuffs online from the scratch, solving problems and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these amazing six-figure entrepreneurs to share their entrepreneurial journeys, the ideas, the opportunities, the strategy they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. And now, let's get the show started. Hi everyone, my name is Mayowa and I'm the founder of the book called A Publishing Agency That Helps Busy Entrepreneurs to Write and Publish a Book That Helps Them to Become an Instant Authority in Their Niche and Feed, Build More Credibility, Amplify Their Reach and Also Get More Clients for Their Business. If you have a book idea as a coach, consultant, thought leader and business executive in your space, head straight to the bookcourt.com, that is T-H-A. B-O-O-K-C-O-T.com to book a call. On this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, I've got another amazing and awesome Six Figure Entrepreneur in the house. And before we get started, I will just pass the mic to him. He will introduce himself, tell us a bit about himself, then we get the show started. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. My name is Matt Hansen, and I'm a real estate entrepreneur. And basically, I own a real estate investment company. We help people move their money from Wall Street to Main Street. Most people don't know that they can passively invest in large apartment complexes and be part owners of multi-million dollar uh, deals. So that's what we really focus on is helping people um, educate them on finance and moving some of their funds out of Wall Street and into a large multifamily apartment buildings. And I've got a portfolio of about 2,000 units across Florida, Texas, and Tennessee. Okay, awesome. So welcome to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, Matt. It's a very, uh, it's one pleasure to me to have you on this show as my guest. Thank you. Okay. All right. On this show, uh, we always like to spotlight and highlight the stories of our business executives, CEOs, co-founders who have started uh, a business from the scratch uh, to build something out of it and doing good for themselves. And this is just to be an inspiration for other people who want to be like that. And that is exactly what we'll be doing on this show. So on this episode, I will be talking to uh, Matt and he'll be sharing all this story, uh, all what he has learned along the line, all everything that uh, he wanted us to know about his business and his entrepreneurial journey. And I am super excited to have Matt on this show. Thank you. Okay. All right. So let's just get straight to the meat and potato of the whole show. So uh, Matt, can you just walk us through how you got started into all this entrepreneurial stuff? Well, my wife and I have been been investing in um, single family homes, flipping homes. Like for 30 years ago, we started doing this before it was a big thing on TV. So we did that for a couple of years and we started having kids and then it wasn't practical. So I kind of went away from it for a while. And then about six years ago, I got into investing into large multifamily complexes. Um, And it's much, much less work, much more lucrative. You get all the tax advantages and all the dividends and all those things as if you were to buy and manage your own property, but you don't have to. We have property managers that do that for us. So I retired about two years ago as a corporate executive and I've transitioned to um, this full time now, which is an absolute blast. I really enjoy helping people move their money from Wall Street and taking control of their finances. That's kind of how I got started. 
Okay, awesome. And uh, let me just say this. You are the real estate uh, guy and uh, a little bit background, you know. I got into the real estate uh, industry like uh, some uh, 10 years ago before I quit my job. I actually studied computer science in school before. Then, you know, I was reading Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Richard and Poor Dad. And it's uh, for most people uh, and uh, most people at my level then, you know, it's the first inroad into real estate then. And, you know, I had this dream of being a real estate guru and stuff like that but i think that uh dream fizzled out when i have to quit that job after eight months and you know for me to start uh my entrepreneurial journey and you know on this episode i'm very very curious to know about your story how you got how you uh created and built a portfolio of our real estate business and how you do all of that stuff so that is what we'll be dealing with and what i would love to focus on this episode is that fine yes that sounds great Okay. All right. So uh, when you get started, uh, you said you are retired. So how has the journey been like for you? Can you just walk us through what it takes to be a real estate uh, guru and a real estate investor? Well, it's much more challenging than I expected. So I've been in large multifamily for about six years. So I did a lot of passive investing, like investing in other people's deals and things like that before I started doing it myself, because you really want to know what the pitfalls are, what to do and what. Yeah, sure, so, sure. Let's, let's, let's dive into what look that. So I really educated. I learned a lot of things, what I don't want to do as an investor standpoint, how I would treat my investors, but most of the people I invested with were fabulous. Um, but that really gave me a groundwork for being a client before I became started the business uh, a few years ago. It really gave me that opportunity to say, okay, how does this work? What is the perception of your investors? What are their needs? How are you fulfilling them? The key is being very open and communicating. If there's an issue, if there's a natural disaster on your property or something like that, you want to clearly disclose that to your investors immediately. And they all understand things happen in the world. So um, that's that's kind of how I got started in that. I also leveraged other people's experience. It's it's difficult to get in this business. It's a pretty small, there's not a lot of people putting in offers on $40 million apartment complexes. So it's a small community and you kind of know most everyone else in it. And when you're new to it, it's hard to break in. So that's when you partner with somebody with more experience. And that's what I did back then years ago. Now I've Now I have newer people partnering with me to leverage my experience. So it's really a team sport. It's not like single family home. If you want to buy and rent a house out, you can do that all by yourself. But if you're going to buy a large multifamily complex, you need a whole team of people to do that, to do, to be really successful and to scale it. And that's kind of what we've done here. Okay. All right. So can we just talk a little bit about your business Uh, right now? What is the structure of your business and revenue wise in 2022? Like what is your figure like? Wow. We like in 2022, um, working on two deals now, one's a $40 million deal. Another one's a $30 million deal that we're bringing in investors. I think combined, we're probably raising close to $25 million that we're raising from investors. They become part owners in our deals. And I get a small, small sliver of that portion of that um, as equity in the deal for my work. And then I get dividends uh, as well as our investors do. And then when we sell them, I make the most money is when we sell a property, we split the profits with our investors and the people that run the deal. So um, well over six digits, we're we're usually typically doing in a good year. And it continues to compound because the more deals you have, the more income I have, passive income coming in from, from 
historical deals. So it's fairly lucrative. It, it, the, the hurdles to entry are a little bit high. You've got to be connected well. I put hundreds of thousands of down payment in deals, uh, which is at-risk money that I could potentially lose if the deal doesn't go through with. Um, so, so that's kind of where we're at right now. We're raising about $25 million this year for, for apartment complexes. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, from there, join to our real estate business. And uh, you surely will have picked a lot of lessons along the line. Along the uh, line of the business that you do, like what is that one big lesson that you have learned along the line that you'd like to share with our audience? Probably you are interested in going to the same line of business. I would say, and it applies to all businesses, selecting your partners, your business partners, people you're going to work with, whether you work directly with them as a partner on a deal, like I partner with other people um, on these large apartment complexes, but we also have SEC attorneys, we have mortgage, we have lending brokers, we have insurance companies, we have uh, tax companies. You have those people are on your team as well. You really need to vet every single one of those players because if you have a weak player in that, you're going to have issues. And that was my challenge early on, not with the professional third-party people, but with just partnering with people. I was n- newer, didn't really know. I didn't vet individuals as good as I do now. So if somebody wants to partner with me now, I'll actually talk to other people they've worked with. And people are pretty candid about, yeah, this person was fabulous. They're a great communicator. They follow up great. Or ah, this person's pretty good on the analyticals, but you really need to push them to get their work done or their portion of the deal. So I would say in any business, vet, vet, vet your business partners or any third-party companies you work with. And the third-party companies I work with are just phenomenal. I've never had an issue with all of those. My attorney is one of the best in the United States. My lending brokers are one of the best. My insurance guy is one of the best. And they're niche. They're all focused on large multifamily. So they're specialists in their business. Okay. So along the line of uh, what you just mentioned, uh, can you just give us briefly what you look for when you are, uh, when you are selecting a partner? Oh, really track record. That's everything. Just like when people invest with me, I share the track record, my track record of, okay, I've been in, I think over the course of the last six years, own over 3000 units. We've sold probably a thousand this year, doubling the money for most of our investors. So you can actually say, you know, when I invest in, and I do invest in other people's apartment complexes um, with some of my retirement money, which I can't invest in my own, I can't touch. So I vet them. Well, most of the people I've known for years now, but there's people I wouldn't invest with. I've known years for years, but I know the track record. I know what their performance actually is. And if it's not something concrete that you can, sh- they can share with you, like stats and, and numbers like that, talk to somebody else that's invested with them or has worked with them. And again, people are pretty candid about, yeah, I loved working with that person or yeah, you can work with them, but watch out for this. So I think it's really just openly asking people, ask them for references. And, and I, I'm happy to give anybody any reference. If you want to work with me, I want you to check my references. I want you to make sure you're comfortable. I'm a stand-up guy. You know, I protect my investors and my partners. So that's really the key thing is to don't be afraid to ask. Okay. All right. Thanks for that tip. Uh, you know, most uh, part of uh, success for entrepreneurs is uh, mostly mindset. And, you know, sometimes the going will get tough and challenges will come up. And uh, what uh, your response to that will determine what exactly will happen. Maybe you give up or maybe you continue. You know, can you just share with us one big challenge that you have had in the past and how you overcame it and how you are able to get out of your head and uh, overcome that challenge and get going? 
Yeah, it, it is just like everything, particularly as an entrepreneur. I came from the corporate world where I lived in this bubble for 33 years. I didn't realize I was living in a bubble because the real world, not everybody's pulling in your direction. You know, when you're working for a large company, everybody ultimate mission is to make the company money. But when you're off on your own, you're, you're an entrepreneur, everyone's got their own little agenda there. Sometimes it doesn't in sync with you. So an example is one of the first investments I put money into $100,000. I'd invest in one guy, vetted one partner of the four or five partners. And he, after six months, he walked away and said, oh, I'm not going to be part of that deal anymore. I'm not going to manage that. Well, hold it. I invested with you. And within a year, they uh, ran that apartment into the ground and there was a capital call. And they said, okay, you guys all need to ante up some more money so we can keep this thing afloat. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. You know, uh, and it, it was my mistake. I should have vetted all the partners, not just the one I knew, because what if something happens to that one? The other the other partners weren't as strong as this individual. So that's one of those like, okay, man, I, I really screwed up on that, but you just got to shrug it off. And that's why I really focus on vetting, vetting, vetting partners and all the partners. Because if that person goes away, who's going to back them up? So I guess that was one of my biggest <laughs> failures that I pretty bad about it. But you know, I learned it was a great lesson. Okay, you know what, you really need to do your due diligence and move forward from that shrug it off. And so that's probably one of my biggest challenges been, you know, making early mistakes that I just didn't know better. Yeah, surely, Matt. A mistake is inevitable for entrepreneur. And I don't yes. think one can actually succeed without actually making mistakes. But what differentiates winners from losers is the, uh, that thin line of uh, when you make that mistake, do you learn from it just like you learn uh, from that particular event and you've picked up that lesson and you forget about that experience and you move forward? Knowing tomorrow and even uh, days ahead, you will surely like to avoid that mistake. And I think that is one hallmark of our successful people. And uh, the partnership you talk about, I've had uh, more than 30 guests on this uh, show. And one common theme uh, that they have alluded to being it, being responsible for their success is the fact that, just like you said, choosing their partner. And I think that is very, 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 uh, very, very uh, unique and very sincere because take it or leave it, business is not a solo game, it's a team sport and you you know just like i i'm, I'm a very uh, i'm a soccer loving guy and i love you know for the game of soccer you can't really win a game alone and and you know it's involved a goalkeeper a midfielder mm-hmm. a defender you know people put 11 people working together together with the coach and if one uh, portion of that uh, team goes wrong of course the whole team will flop. And I think that is exactly how entrepreneur is like, you know, you just have to choose your partner where you have to know who you are working with. And I think that can make or mar your success. So thank you so much for that tip. Absolutely, All right. Yeah. This is the segment I always love so much where I have to throw my guests some thought-provoking question and they get back with me with answers. So Matt, are you prepared? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. So what is one book that you have read that has impacted a lot in your business and even uh, help you win in life and in business that you like to recommend to our listeners? Well, you already disclosed it. It's Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I think that's the one that anybody I know that's big in real estate has read that book at some point and said, you know what? I need to get financially educated. My house is not an investment. It's a liability because you've got to sell it if you get your, to get your cash out of it. And then you need to find another place to live. I mean, that's an example, but, but you're really taking control of your finances. Um, you know, we're taught in the U S to 
go to school, get a good job, and then just work until you, you, until you retire. Well, some people want more out of life than that. You want some financial freedom to be able to do, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But also, if you wanted to do something on the side, like real estate is something you can do on the side. And that's something he really, really pushes education on finances, understand how things work, understand the economy, because you're just not taught that in school here. You don't even taught how to balance a checkbook, let alone how do you invest your money? Don't put it all on Wall Street and trust those guys. They make money if it goes up or down. You need to take control. So I think that that's one of the eye-opening books. Like you said, it's phenomenal. If you haven't read that, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is an outstanding book to start. Yeah, I think think differently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that is a very interesting because I thought about it uh, during uh, one of the questions. And uh, I want to play the devil's advocate here. I want to ask one question. You know, Think I Grow Rich, uh, we all read it. And uh, for someone like me, it is uh, the launch pad for most entrepreneurs. And uh, together with Tim Ferriss, uh, four-hour work week. You know, when uh, Robert Kiyosaki wrote that book, like, you know, the common theme then was the fact that your house is not, is a liability, is not, uh, a, is not an investment, or maybe is not something that puts money into you. You know, but uh, as a real estate investment guru and expert, I want to ask, you know, then the consensus then was the fact that your house is a liability. Right now, will you, can you just tell me that your house or my house is a liability? Well, I'll tell you what it, it is, but with interest rates really low, you should do a cash out refinance. If, you don't, if your listeners don't know that, if you have equity in your house, say you owe 200000 and it's worth 300000 you can take out a portion of that $100,000 equity and it's called a uh, you know cash out refi or take a HELOC, which is a, a basically a loan against that money. But as long as say you're getting the money for three and a half percent, and if you're investing it and you're making ten percent on your money, that's the seven percent you know um, arbitrage. People don't realize that. So yeah, right now the 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 market's overinflated. The bubble will burst on real estate, I think, a little bit. Commercial real estate, not so much because when things are bad. People still need a place to live, apartment. Either they want to or they need to live in apartments. And when the economy is good, people live in apartments. There's always demand for that. And in the U.S., there's a shortage of housing. So I feel like, yeah, I can qualify that. Um, it's still not a great, and it's still not, it's not, still shouldn't bank on that because you got to sell it if you want to get cash out of it. And then you've got to find someplace else to live. So that money is going to have to go reinvested in another deal. It's not really a great investment. It's better to do that arbitrage and take your money, invest in something else that makes you 10%. Okay. You know, the reason why I asked that question is this. When Robert wrote that book, there is nothing like A, B, and B. And, uh, you know, but for now today, I can have, I can go on back and just uh, rent my house out on A, B, and B. And it will surely be making something for me, even while I'm away, or maybe I have an extra space. So I, I just want to have context of, you know, that book is a very old book and it's been decades now. <laughs> yes, it's been decades you're now right. that the book was written. You're right. The concepts are good. Take financial control. But you're right. There's things like, okay. I still don't think a house is a great investment. You shouldn't bank on that. You should be banking on something else that you know is going to go up because your house is based on the, the property around it. It's based on comps. On an apartment building, it's based on how profitable it is. We can take an apartment and we can double its value. And we did that with one of ours in Florida, one of our apartments in Florida, by increasing the revenue of it, by making it a cleaner, safer place to live, increasing the rents, renovating the units. We control that. It's called forced appreciation. With your house, you're at the mercy of what's going on in your neighborhood. What if something, you know, catastrophic happens, weather, or, you know, I actually live on a lake house and our lake got drained because a a dam broke. 
That's something I had no control over, never thought could happen, but it did. So there's, you know, thousands of houses here that have, you know, depreciated in value. Now the lake's eventually going to come back, but things like that, you don't. So I still don't think it's a great, great investment. That's an extreme example, but still, you've got to, you've got to find another place to live if you sell it. So I'm going to stand by him, but now you, there's avenues pulling money out, which you should do. If you can take that money, don't blow it on popping candy. You need to go and take it, invest it and make more money than you're borrowing it for. Yeah. So I still think it's a good, a good idea. That makes a lot of sense. And I think I get more contest uh, from uh, uh, an expert view from you. So uh, still talking about book, uh, Matt, if you had to write a book today, what would that book be about? It would be on personal finance. I've started one probably a year ago, just about how to show people that, you know, you don't have to rely on the stock market for your retirement. You can put things in alternate assets, alternative assets, primarily real estate. And we do, we do venture capital investing and I own some crypto and I own some, you know, precious metals and all those things. But most people don't know that you can do that. Very small percent of the population know that you can invest outside of the stock market because that's all manipulated. I mean, come on, we, we know that either by corporations and executives and markets and lobbies and all those things control the stock market to some extent. And you really want to minimize that. And by investing in real estate, something that's tangible, physical asset, never going to go to zero. It's pretty difficult. When we have insurance, what other investment do you have? Do we have insurance on our properties that if something catastrophic happens, we get paid the rents by our insurance company. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult to lose everything in real estate, but it's really easy to lose it all in, in the stock market. Okay. So that's what I'd like to educate people on more. Okay. Uh, you mentioned, uh, I'm just very curious. You mentioned the fact that you started uh, uh, a book last year and what has stopped you or what is stopping you from finishing that book? I've just been so busy doing deals. I mean, our, our, my partners keep finding properties that are really good. So I'm working with investors to help them place their money. So it's just kind of one of those, yeah, you're right. I need to take time and slot it aside and say, listen, I'm going to dedicate and get that done. Um, and I did, I do have a, a, a small ebook on our website that we'll make sure we have in the show notes that people, and that's like 14 pages. So I did take the time to make that, but I haven't done the full book yet. So I'm yes. kind of there, baby steps. Baby yeah, steps. I, I understand, you know, as a book coach, <laughs> I have had this conversation with a lot of uh, busy and uh, entrepreneurs like you. And one common thing is the fact that, they don't have the time and you know i know a book is a very big project and you have to have the time but you know the issue is uh there are steps and processes that are in place that are uh that we use to help busy people like you to get that book out without uh, uh that time investment that always uh, people always think of that uh, maybe sometimes you have to take like a year or two to be in a cave and write your book and stuff like that and i always like to have uh, conversations like this with business entrepreneurs like you because I'm a book coach. I love books so much. I have people. Uh, I love uh, getting the book out of every uh, business people like you. And uh, so that's, by the way, what is one thing that you think uh, that you have done in your entrepreneurial journey that gave you a very big win? The one thing I've done that gave me a really big win, I think it's probably just being optimistic, a cockeyed optimist. Really, I am. And my wife needs to pull me back every now and then saying, listen, you know what? That's going to take longer. It's more challenging than you think. And she's usually right. 
but but I am very, very optimistic and overly optimistic to to a fault, maybe sometimes. But it's allowed me to accomplish what we have because, you know, it, it's greater, it's better to over target something and then come in below it and still be accomplishing something than to you know not set a, a challenging goal. So I would say that my, my cockeyed optimism is probably my. Yeah, so, power, oh, yes, exactly. I think I, I, I'm coming to that question of asking you what superpower you have that has helped or contributed to you winning in business. I think that answer will be uh, your enthusiasm and even your uh, positive outlook to life, uh, which you just mentioned. So uh, the last question here before we say goodbye on this episode is, what is one thing that you are working on right now that you are super excited about? Well, our, our most current deal, we've got others in the pipeline, but the one we're working on right now, and I can openly talk about this is because it, it's, it's registered with the SEC and everything. It's a $43 million apartment complex in Jacksonville, Florida that we're raising $14 million to buy. It's going to be a phenomenal, we're renovating it. Um, it's, it's a little bit run down here and there, and that's what we love. We love fixer uppers. So we can increase the value of the property, make it a safer, nicer place for our residents to live. So I'm really excited about what that's going to look like when we're done. We've got big plans for renovations on all the units. And uh, so that's probably my biggest thing right now is this is the biggest deal I've done today. I've done smaller deals, um, six, eight, 12 million, but this is a $43 million deal. And I got some fabulous partners that I work with on this. So it's, it's going to be, a, it's exciting. It's really fun. Yeah, sure. I know that uh, I can I can smell it that that would be a very awesome project. And uh, you know, you you have one uh, kind of aura of enthusiasm that it's very very awesome and very contagious. You know, I can feel it uh, miles away from me, and I think oh. that is very very awesome. <laughs> Thanks oh, so much. Okay, so listeners out there, I have been having a conversation and a awesome one at uh, that with Matt Hansen uh, for the past few minutes, and it's been a very awesome time. And the show note for this episode, uh, you can get it uh, by heading straight to www.sixfigureentrepreneur.com uh, and just uh, search for Matt in the uh, search box on that page and the show notes for this episode will pop up. And Matt, before we say goodbye on this show, where can we find you and where can we access all the good stuff that you have been creating out of the world? Oh, I love to talk to new investors. So people just want to talk real estate. Uh, we, try to, we try to make it simple. It's not as complex as you would think. So go to Hanson Holdings, that's H-A-N-S-E-N, Holdings with an S at the end.com. We have a free ebook on there. It's called our Rethink Your Retirement. It helps you educate you on uh, investing in large apartment complexes, passive income. You don't have to work. You write a check and you get the dividends and we share the money at the close of it. So check that out. I hope all people, and if you don't have to invest with me, but just download it, read it, understand it. If you want to invest with somebody else, that's fine too. But I just really want people to be educated and finance, take control over your finances. Okay. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're an excellent host. Yeah, thank you. That that's really means a lot to me. And I always love feedback. And I'm uh, happy that I got a very good review and a very good feedback from that. So uh, listeners out there, I've been having this conversation with Matt. And Matt is a very awesome guy. And uh, his enthusiasm and even his positive vibe is very, very, very contagious and very lovely one to build. Uh, we, we need more people like Matt in the business world because uh, the world needs more positivity more than negativity. And that is one reason why Matt is on this show to share his entrepreneurial journey with us. So thank you so much, Matt, for 
jumping on this call with me and for sharing your story. It's been an awesome time and we celebrate you, we salute you for keeping the entrepreneurial fire burning. And maybe one uh, another day down the line, we'll have you on this show again, probably mainly to talk about real estate investing, what you do solely and uh, to share a lot of tips away from the uh, story side of things to the expertise side of things. And uh, I, I'm sure that if I call on you, you would surely say yes to my uh, request. You know it. Okay. All right. So thank you so much. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. For more episodes and the show notes for this episode, visit www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. And I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes if this episode has been of value to you. See you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. And until then, keep building and keep the entrepreneurial fire burning.